Hey everyone, I am so excited. Welcome back to the Women in My World. And today I have one of my dearest friends, Alexandra Boylan, with me. And we're actually sitting right here at her kitchen table. And we are right now drinking coffee and we are enjoying the weather here in California. Uh, anyway, I am so excited. Welcome to the Women in My World. Thank you for having me. This is so awesome to be together in person. It's been a long time since I've been sitting across from the person that I've gotten to talk to on these things. Yay! <laughs> I know, right? It's been like one of those times where COVID has kept us so far apart. But yet, um, I'm really thankful because you and I have been able to be together several times mm-hmm. over this last couple of years. Yes. Um, but I want to introduce and give you just a little bit of background on Alexandra. And, um, you know, I'm excited because the Pure Flix viewers get to see her and her sister's work. Uh, The Boylan sisters, they have been doing incredible things over many, many years. They have Boylan sister films, and uh, they're actually launching into their next project, which we're going to hope to talk a little bit about. Um, But I want to give you just a little bit of background as we're going in and getting ready to have this conversation. But she is an award-winning filmmaker. Uh, I love that she was born raised in Georgetown, Massachusetts, uh, and she began her acting career there, which actually led her to Los Angeles. And Alexander and I had a lot of friends here in LA, but we finally got to meet in Los Angeles. Uh, she has built a solid resume with independent films and shorts, subjects, and uh, music videos. She is an incredible, incredible filmmaker, and uh, she is utilizing the skills of that she has obtained in dozens of movie sets and harnessing that and the passion that fuels her. Um, And she is just an incredible, powerful woman on fire for Christ. Uh, You're going to know some of her work, which is Catching Faith, uh, which had a two-year run on Netflix, and then it was followed up by Catching Faith 2. Uh, she also has A Wish for C- Christmas that maybe some of the Pure Flix uh, viewers have been watching and love so much. She also has her last movie, Switched, which was the award winner for the Kairos Pro Movie Guide Award that went, won for Best Screenplay. And and it is also streaming on the Pure Flix platform and one of the all-time favorites on there. So that is so cool. And I'm going to let you tell her, have her tell you a little bit about Switched. Um, She also produced films like Home Sweet Home and At Your Own Risk. And Alexandra is the author of Create Your Own Career in Hollywood, advice from a struggling actress who became a successful producer. Producer, It's on uh, Kindle and also on Amazon. And I'm going to tell you what, we're going to really talk about that because uh, it really is, no matter what career you're in, sometimes the struggle is definitely real. And um, anyway, so, and then she is also an active member, member of the Women in Film in Los Angeles, and she has served on boards like WIF, PSA board. Uh, and so many other things. So we are going to talk more about this. She has another book that she collaborated, but I want her to also tell you about these things because her voice is what's going to add just the authenticity to what it is that you guys are going to need to hear about. So anyway, now that I have just given a plethora of like information about who you are, I would love to just kind of talk to you about uh, some of the things that are going on in your world and, um, 
turn it over to her, but I would love, love, love to ask you kind of one of the first questions that we always kick off of is how do you serve other women in your world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I moved to Los Angeles in 1999, so I've been here for 22 years, and I joined Women in Film a long time ago, and it was so awesome to be surrounded by women and lift each other up. It was such a great community. And I also wrote for a site called Ms. Biz for six years. I was a writer once a month doing articles encouraging women to get behind the camera and tell their story and have things come from the female gaze. And I've been really active in all these women in film events in Los Angeles. And then I realized that I, I felt called to open my home for Christian women in entertainment. So uh, a few years ago, three or four years ago, I started opening my home and it's been extraordinary to see what God has done by bringing Christian women be able to come into a home and talk about their love for Jesus in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and find other people who love the Lord and collaborate and just kind of feel, I feel like LA, you can feel very alone as a believer out here. And um, that has been such an exciting thing to watch other women. Not only have they collaborated with me, but they've collaborated with each other. And I went to an event after one of my events at my house for women in film. And I saw four girls there from my house who were like, we found our people. We're like best <laughs> friends now. And so that makes me happy. And of course, you know, I've been making female driven films, not only in front of the camera, but crewing up women behind the camera. So I'm really, I'm trying to, to be the change that we all want to see so much in the industry. Absolutely. And you're pouring into them, not only <clears throat> for entertainment, but also their walk with Christ, mm-hmm. which is so important. And I love that about you. You are your kindness is just, you know, you can see it all over you. You see the Lord, you just, you're always that first woman to step in and go, okay, well, how are we going to do this? How can I help? Um, and that's really, really powerful. Tell us a little bit about, and this is one of the things I love sharing and hearing myself is tell us a little bit about the journey and how you got to where you are today. How has the Lord propelled you into this position? But we all have a testimony. We all have a journey. And we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, to make the long story of 22 years short, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm an overnight success, you guys, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yes, I moved out here. as uh, My dad's a minister and I, I caught the acting bug. Moved out here at 19 all by myself. And I'm not going to lie, I have every cliche of an actor's life. I became homeless. I lived in my car. I waited tables at night while I ran to auditions in the day. And I don't know, I had really thought that God had wanted me to be an actor. But after many, many years in L.A., my life was spiraling out of control. And I wasn't getting anywhere. I couldn't get an agent. And I just... I. I just started hitting rock bottom and I just, I, I was so devastated and I was like, okay, God, maybe this isn't what you want from my life because <laughs> this isn't going very well. So actually after 10 years, pretty much to the year of moving to Los Angeles, I packed my bags and I moved out to Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, kind of to resurrender my life to the Lord, spend some time in the desert and, um, give up, give up on the career. I was like, if this isn't what you want, God, I will give it all up. And I became a companion to elderly people. And I wanted to do something that had nothing to do with the the film industry, because as we all know, as actors, it can be so self-involving. And I just felt like I was sick of myself. I was like, I'm so sick of looking at pictures of myself, videos of myself. And so I hung out with some old people for a couple of years. And that was awesome, getting to listen to their stories and seeing what really is important at the end of your life 
you know. Um, and so then I ended up becoming a stand-in. In New Mexico, I was very open. Like in LA, I was like, I'm just an actor. I'm just an actor. And then I moved to New Mexico. And I was like, oh, I'll be a PA. I'll be a stand-in. I just want to be on a movie set. That sounds like fun. And it really opened my eyes to behind the camera. And I met all these incredible uh, indie filmmakers in New Mexico. And we started getting together and making our own stuff. We decided to make a feature film. And we made a movie called Home Sweet Home. It's like a thriller. Five of us made it in a backyard. It was like super gorilla, just kind of show our parents. I ended up moving back to Los Angeles with that movie and I got a sales agent and we ended up selling it to a major distribution company and I had produced it and starred in it. It was like giving myself the job that nobody would give me. I was like, I'm not waiting for people to give me jobs anymore. I'm going to give myself the job. And then um, it sold and I actually thought maybe I'd go into the thrillers and make thrillers and I was at a meeting with my sales agent and he sat down and I was telling him about my next movie and he's like, you know what you should make? you should make faith-based films. And I was like, what? That's mm. obviously not the trajectory I was on. And it was just so rare. I was like, do you know that my dad's a minister and that I'm a Christian? And then I just kind of felt like God had, was like, I'm calling you to work for me. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I walked away from the meeting and our, my sales agent said, I'll get the money if you make the movie, which is every filmmaker's dream. And he said, the only requirement is that it has to have football. So this was back in like 2013. I called my sister, Andrea, who lives in Wisconsin. I was like, Andrea, I just got this opportunity to make a faith-based film. Um, would you come on and maybe consult on it? And, you know, I live in Hollywood. It's not quite the real world. I need a little bit of grounding from people who live in the real world. <laughs> and also we kind of looked at the landscape of the faith-based at the time. And we just mm -hmm. didn't see ourselves being represented I, we didn't see women starring in the roles for sure. It was always really about the man and the woman was a side character. And we just said, well, if we do this, let's do the football, but from the female perspective. Mm -hmm. And I called my sales agent and he said, oh no, you can't do that because there's no numbers in the marketplace to back up a female driven bank based film. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, of course, cause nobody's doing it, but that's the number one audience, the buyers and, mm -hmm. and we should be putting things out for women that speak to them. So he said, okay, I trust you. And we went off and we wrote that. I actually, and the biggest part of my story, my testimony is that the budget was so little for our film Catching Faith that I could either keep my Los Angeles apartment or make the movie. So I put everything that I owned in storage and I went on the road and lived out of one suitcase for a full year to make Catching Faith. So I, and I couch, couch hopped across America. I lived with my sister, Andrea, where we wrote the script. Mm -hmm. And then I went to New Mexico. We were in pre-production, lived with some people there while we were working on the pre-production, came back to LA, subletted an apartment for a month to do some LA pre-production. Then I drove my car back to New Mexico, picked up some of our crew members and took them up to Wisconsin where we shot the movie. And literally it was a year from the time I left my apartment till the time I had a new apartment in California. Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. all so we could make Catching Faith a reality. And it ended up going on to sell and become the top five consistent selling movie for the distribution company. Wow. And we actually got invited to Cuba. Women's lives were changed. And I... I just felt like, oh my gosh, we're onto something here. And God really blessed that project. We were able to raise money for our next movie, which was, was for Christmas, our mm -hmm. Christmas movie, where we really dive. Well, all of our movies kind of deal with families, but mm -hmm. we do focus also on the kids so that the whole family can enjoy it. And then God has just been blessing us ever since. 
this and after the first Christmas we made um we made Catching Faith too. We got requested a sequel, which is funny because we were like, maybe we'll make a sequel of Catching Faith. And our sales agent was like, you're never going to make a sequel of a straight to VOD DVD movie. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. This movie was tiny. And then like a couple of years later, the distribution company called him and said, Catching Faith is so successful. Would mm-hmm. they make a sequel? So we got the band back together mm-hmm. and we made Catching Faith too. And then we went on to make Switched, which is exclusively on Pure Flix platform right now. And um, it is, uh, that was definitely one of my dream passion projects was Switch because I want to speak to teens in a fun way that they it's relatable to them. And then we just shot a film called The Greatest Inheritance that comes out March 25th. And now Sherry and I are working together mm-hmm. on our newest teen girl movie, Identity Crisis. Mm-hmm. So it's been a busy, busy couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Those 20 years Those have been packed. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because the 10 years I lived in LA in my 20s, I couldn't get anything to happen. Yeah. And what, and I always tell people like, we want to be in the will of God because yeah. the second I threw up my surrender hands and opened my hands to the Lord and said, okay, God, I will take the reins off my life. Mm-hmm. And if I, and I, and I gave up my career, I offered it back. I mm-hmm. said, I will give up what I love more than anything in the world if it isn't what you want Mm -hmm. and then God gave me my life back tenfold gave me passions and dreams I didn't even know I had to be a writer and a producer and to create I had no idea that I loved that so much Mm -hmm. and if you had asked me this 15 years ago I'd be like no I love acting so (laughs) it's good to like release it because you might find out you have a passion you didn't even know you had Absolutely. Well, and I think that goes a little bit along with my story too. And that's something I love about yours is that when we can see, when we can see a lot of what the Lord does in our own lives and how it, it, it really does mimic someone else's life. And for me, it was that, you know, moment where I had finally gotten married. I was so desperately in love with my husband. He was a Christian man and I was ready to have a whole house full of children. I had no, like, there was no vision of, you know, at that point in my life for acting and doing these other things, it really was focused on just being a mom mm-hmm. and a wife. And that's all I wanted. And so when my husband and I were at Calvary uh, Chapel, we started a coffee shop there called Hebrews. And, you know, we had had our, our son Levi, and then I was ready immediately to have, you know, my next baby. And so after about two years of not being able to have any more children and then finding out there would be no more children. You know, the Lord did his thing, you know, and I literally just gave it up. I was running on a beach in Mexico, crying out to God, trying to figure out what he was doing. How could he give me something so spectacular, like this amazing Christian man, my family, Mm -hmm. and then not give me any more children. Like why, you know? And so when I went back from that trip and I was in the coffee shop, I was pouring coffee and very devastated still. I mean, it was very fresh and a man came in and sat down with his wife and two children and he was a producer and, um, he was actually part of our church family. I didn't know him. Um, it was a big church, you know, and, uh, he said, have you ever thought about doing commercials? And I think where I would love to go with that and this, and even what you said is it took a lot of faith to step out of the boat from something that I was so sure that God was calling me into to step out of a boat and get into something that I had never, ever encountered before. And that was going on an audition 
to do a commercial that he asked me if I would come and audition for. And I had no idea what I was doing. And so, but it was huge. It wasn't just like stepping and putting my toe in the water. It was literally like, let me jump as high and deep as I possibly can. And I think I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey for you because, um, you know, we do have to have faith and we have to really step into obedience Mm -hmm. when we're called. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like that's exactly what you did with catching faith. Mm -hmm. What was it, what was it like for you? I mean, here you are doing a movie called catching faith and you had to really be walking in faith that the Lord was going to do something incredible with your life Mm -hmm. and the obedience factor. I mean, what was it like for you and your relationship with Christ as you were driving across the country and here you are, you know, making this movie about catching faith. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was, I was a nervous wreck. I guess I was, I just had a vision of kind of being a baby when you decided to like literally surrender your life to the Lord and you're doing baby steps and you're scared all the time. And you're like, is this what God wants? Is this what I want? I don't want to do what I want. Um, and during that time on the road without a home, which is tough to not have a mailing address. And yeah. um, I kept being really tent like, scared that uh, what if this didn't work out and then I didn't have a place to go or a home and what would happen after this um, journey and I was driving and at night through New Mexico coming from California to New Mexico and I still can remember it clear as day I was just sitting there praying I was like God is this insane I have been I I haven't had a home in five months and I've been living out of this one suitcase hi I'm so nervous what if this doesn't work out I just you know all the doubts the doubts all and I had like I was looking out at the desert and I just had this like vision of me and the Lord together and him saying, you are doing everything I want you to do. You are exactly where I want you to be. And I felt like a peace come in the car as I was driving. And I was like, I just can't even, just, it's so hard to describe it. But I felt a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I was like, okay, God, okay. I'm in this, doing this with you. We're going to make this movie and it's all going to work out. And, you know, when you, that movie, I was a nervous wreck the whole entire time. But then when you watch God come in and show up and create miracles and do things on that film set that was impossible, that only God can do, it has continued to make me calmer every time we walk into a movie because I'm like, oh, you guys, God's got this. <laughs> but it took having to, to step out in massive faith and say, okay, I trust you. And, and then also to be okay if it didn't work out because we don't right. want whatever right. God does not want. I don't want it either. So I'm always like seeking first the kingdom of heaven and being like, Lord, does this want you on? And then even days on catching faith where we thought everything was falling apart, God swooped in and saved it by like being like, oh, this broke down. We need a tractor thing. And someone in the community is showing up five minutes later with exactly what we needed. Right. Like. <laughs> we're like, what? So we're just like, okay, God is here. So, so I think, um, it was very scary mm-hmm. that year of my life was mm-hmm. very, very scary, but then I'm really thankful that God will come through and give us that peace right. when we are praying and he knows we're scared. Yeah. And it was really incredible. And to be driving through the New Mexico desert and it was just, it was very very beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, definitely God's creation, right? And that driving crust. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple of things that it really hit me and what you were just saying there is do things scared? Yeah. You know, it's yes. like, yes. it's like the disciples. I always think, you know, can you imagine it doesn't say, you know, in the Bible and the gospels that they, you know, just 
put their nets down and they kind of thought about what Jesus was asking them and that, you know, they fig- they had to go home and figure it out and see how it all worked out. They, they literally like immediately went and followed. And I think so often, I mean, if we are seeking the Lord daily and leaning into him and allowing, you know, the breath of him to really guide us day in and day out, when we are called to something, there are times it's going to look really scary and Mm -hmm. we are going to have to get out and go at it scared. I, one of the things that I had heard years ago, and it said, sometimes we need to just get out of the comfort zone (laughs) Yeah, because so often when we're in the comfort zone, you know, Things are kind of kicking along, but they really, God's like, no, let me stir things up a little bit and bring you into something that is, that I'm calling you into. Mm -hmm. And I think about that so often throughout the entire, you know, Bible, like, I don't know too many of the heroes that I think about that I love to just read about their lives that they lived in a comfort zone. In fact, Mm -hmm. most of them did not, you know, especially in the sense of them going and taking territory. And I think that's what you and Andrea I'm going to get Andrea on this too, um, have done is you've gone out and you've taken territory, especially in faith and film and for women's stories and really focusing on women's stories that then pour out into their children as well, or as into their children, into their parents. Mm -hmm. And they influence both Mm -hmm. ways. And I love, I love that. I love that. I, I think a little bit, you know, as you've been sharing about that and, you know, what was it, was there a point in your career that you just felt like I'm done, I'm giving up, I'm, this is over. And then, you know, something happened or changed. I mean, was there a moment of that for you? Well, the moment when I, I mean, going back to the New Mexico and I moved there in 2009, that was giving up. But when it, when it, when it's within my faith coming into making faith-based films, um, after Wish for Christmas, uh, we definitely hit a snag with trying to raise private investment. And because what I've been doing is so female focused, mm-hmm. I definitely had a lot of pushback going into studio meetings and, and definitely trying to get somebody who might not look like you and I to understand what we're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a time where I had gone to every single studio in LA stuff and getting rejected. And I, like I said, I seek first the kingdom of heaven. So when think, when everybody said no to switch, everybody said no to switch. I was like, what are you guys talking about? This is Freaky Friday meets Mean Girls for Christian Girls. They will love this. I know they will. I am a minister's kid. I grew up in this world. This is what I wanted to see. And, um, and there were two things that happened that was so God. Well, everything was God, but, um, I was going to give up. And I remember sitting in my living, in my bedroom, just crying, being like, okay, God, I'm not going back to that 10 years where I failed constantly. And I felt like a failure. If this isn't what you want, I won't do it anymore. Well, I'll pivot. We'll do something. I'm always willing to pivot for the Lord. I always want to be in God's mm, will. And yeah. And I was like, I'll pivot. What do you want? God, just make it very clear. And uh, someone had introduced me to Karen Covell from the Hollywood Prayer Network. Mm-hmm. And I went to her um, offices and I sat down with Karen, who, if you ever get to be in the presence of Karen Covell, it is special. She mm-hmm. is amazing. There is a reason that God called her to Hollywood to love on people in film. And anyway, so we sat down and I told her everything that I had made with Catching Faith, which were Christmas and what I, I wanted to create and the films I want to do. And I was like, but I can't get anyone behind it and we can't raise, I can't. I don't know how to raise private investment. And the person who was helping me wasn't going to help anymore. And I was like, 
So I just kind of poured my heart out to her. We prayed. And she said, Alexander, I've been praying for a woman to come to Hollywood and fight for women in faith films. So I'm rooting for you. And she prayed over me. And I was like, I just need more strength to keep going because I am exhausted. And I've already been to every studio. And everyone said no. And it's been a year now. And I don't know what to do. And hey, you guys, I'm like standing in and waiting tables on the side. I had full on survival jobs while I'm trying to do all this. So I was getting burnt out. And I got back to my apartment and Karen Covell called me and said, when you walked out, I'm going to cry. When you walked out that door, God told me to tell you to keep going Mm -hmm. and not to give up. You tell that girl, keep going. And I was like, really? Okay, I will keep going. We ended up going on to win the movie guide awards, the Kairos pros for the screenplay for Switch. So we knew we were on to something. We were like, we have a special story. And then that is around the time where I was praying for, I was getting a lot of persecution in Los Angeles from my community of women because of being a believer all of a sudden, which we know mm-hmm. when we're doing great stuff, the enemy's going to come in and try to thwart us all the time. And I was having friends say really mean things to me about being a Christian. And these are friends I'd had since I was like young. I was like, why all of a sudden am I getting attacked? And so I was like feeling very isolated and lonely in LA. And then thank goodness for Karen Covell. And then I felt like God was like, you need to surround yourself with Christian women mm-hmm. who will lift you up. And then the first Christian women entertainment group that I opened my, and at the time I had a very small apartment and I was like, whoever can fit can come. It's not big, <laughs> but come on in. And, um, and the, the woman who ended up investing in switched was the, came to the first event. Mm, so God, like, and so I'm so grateful I didn't give up, but yes, you guys, I was like at my wits end, but then God kept bringing the right people into my life yeah. to speak. And why it's so important to be around Christians and people who love the Lord who can lift you up instead of people who are tearing you down. Absolutely. And I think that's such a great reminder. And I love that. So for me, too, in my my life, you know, the Lord has always told me that I was in this industry to serve women. Mm -hmm. And he's throughout the years, he's always said to me, wherever I put you, you're to serve my women mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've had many a times when he's, you know, actually said to me, don't forget my women. Don't forget my mm-hmm. women. When you pour mm-hmm. forth into them, I pour forth into you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's such a great reminder. I always think about that with, you know, the Lord, that those are some of the very specific things you see the example of Jesus. And I, it always like hit me that, you know, he, he was the greatest example of leaning and he did, he did what the God, you know, what God, the father called him mm-hmm. to. He was in prayer. He would go in and pray and, and seek the Lord's seek. God, the Abba Father, you know, mm-hmm. his will. And he got his strength and all of that from God, the Father. And he also, I believe he shows us throughout the Gospels that he was there to serve people. He was there to love mm-hmm. on them, to mm-hmm. serve them, and mm-hmm. to pour forth into them so that they would see the love of Christ through the mm-hmm. love, you know, that love that he was pouring out into them would be um, a vision or it would emulate what God, the father was going to do. And I think it's the same thing. And I love that, that the Lord was like, okay, so I'm bringing you to women and I'm going to bring you, uh, to open your doors. I'm going to, you're going to meet Karen Covell and I'm going to call you to open your doors. And the first one that comes in is going to give, you know, that's huge. You were serving. I was. And they, and she came and, and not, you know, that's a blessing upon you, but it's also that she was blessed by 
you in serving and just being faithful once again to open your door. And what's incredible too is that I have been part of um, Women in Moving Pictures Salon for many years. I actually knew the founder of that. And um, she had like an email list of like 3,000 women. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I had done like a notice saying I'm doing a Christian women entertainment group, I didn't think that might go over very well. Yeah. And so I called the, the leader of this group and I said, could I promote this on, can, there's 3,000 women here and I'd like to invite whoever is believer to come to my home. Mm-hmm. Is that okay with you? And she was like, Alexandra, you have been nothing but kind and loving and wonderful since the day I met you. You can absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. So it shows that like, you know, who we are matters. And we, and I would say to people too, like guard your reputation. Some people don't see the trees for the forest and they're yeah. just kind of trampling on people. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 this is a long life and a long career. We need to be always kind and loving. And you never know how that relationship with someone who's not a believer mm-hmm. could end up serving you to be able to open your home for believers. Cause we know there's a little persecution in Hollywood of Christians. Yeah. Like, we're not the coolest kids in the room in Hollywood, <laughs> but if you have always been a kind, loving person and you asked for something like that, that was amazing. So she gave me access to 3000 women in emails so that I could invite the ones who are Christians to come to my home. And it was life changing for those women and for me. So, so awesome. And that's something I really want to encourage that the women that are listening, you know, really seek the Lord and where is God calling you Mm -hmm. to, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember the first time God said, you're going to serve women. I was like, no, (laughs) no, I'm not serving women. I want no, 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 no. Um, but you're a boy home. I'm a, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have boys and I, and I really, didn't want to serve women. I, I really, I, you know, just to be really honest, like kind of what you endured with friendships, you know, Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I knew, you know, between the hormones and just between a lot of things kind of going on, I just didn't want that responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because not only are you pouring in, they're pouring into you as well. So you have to be really, you know, iron sharpens iron, but at the same time, you know, there are going to be, things that are going to happen. You don't know why they happen, mm-hmm. but th- hopefully they'll strengthen you and not break you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those happen a lot of times in relationships. Um, but I want to ask you a little bit about, cause we're all dealing with this right now. I was with a mom's group in Nashville for MomCon, uh, the mops moms and really had a, a, an opportunity to talk to them. And this is kind of a twofold question leading in, but, um, I want to talk about what it looks like right now first, uh, to be a Christian and the world of entertainment. That's kind of the number one thing that, you know, cause there's a lot of crazy stuff out there today. And, you know, there's a lot of what I would hear moms say to me is when we were talking about entertainment, this is the second part of it. You know, um, there's a lot of things that they just cannot trust. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to put something on for them and their family and even coming down to like commercials, right. Mm-hmm. They're streaming something or they're looking at something or the, you know, and all of a sudden something pops up and it's in front of their children mm-hmm. and they, they're just in shock. Mm-hmm. So two questions here, you know, one, what does it look like to follow Christ, to be a woman of God in the entertainment industry? And then number two, you know, how do you create content and also encourage moms and what they're streaming and what they're looking at and Mm. especially for their kids? Yeah. Well, 
for being a Christian in Hollywood, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, why did God call me to do this? Like, I'm so not equipped, although he does not call the equipped. He equips ones he calls. That's and right. I That's say right. that all the time. But it's possible for me. It's possible for God. So if he wants me to do it, I must be in feet. And I feel like uh, he has definitely given me a spirit of I am strong willed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if mm-hmm. I believe that this is what God wants, he will empower me to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were just at Grand Canyon University, I got to share with some young students who asked me, what's it like to be a woman? In leadership? And I said, God fills me with confidence. Mm-hmm. He fills me with confidence. So when I go into a meeting in a room, I, I don't, nothing deters me because I'm like, listen, I work for the creator of the universe. So mm-hmm. you don't like it. I don't care because if he wants it, he's going to make it happen. And I've gone into meetings and said some pretty straightforward stuff to people. But, um, and because I am fearless in the Lord, I am fearless in God and I don't need to impress them. I'm there to impress upon them that I'm there for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so that God has given me a fearless spirit. He's given me confidence that like, when I walk in a room, I pray for him to, to give me the words to say. And also, you know, I, ch- I hadn't even thought about this, but I was telling someone this story the other day. I, I was offered a $1.5 million deal for Switch mm-hmm. if I would take God out and make it raunchy mm-hmm. and pretty much do what all the other content mm-hmm. is doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, I will not do that. I walked away from 1.5. Not saying it wasn't hard, you guys, but I also was like, oh, I'm not removing God from my work because right. uh, without him, I'm nothing. And somebody, when I was telling that story, said, imagine all those people who heard you say that, where would did that resonate in their life later that you stood up so much and said, I will walk away from this very big deal yeah. because I will not remove the Lord from my mm-hmm. life. And I was like, that's so cool. We don't even know the ripple effect of what we're doing. It's so important and to stand firm in the Lord. It's so, and, and to know that God's timing is better than our timing. And now that I got some life in the rear view mirror and I got a lot of <laughs> movies in the rear view mirror, right. I see what he was doing and his timing is always blowing my mind. Things where I'm like, it's not working out. It wasn't not working out. God was paving a path. It just couldn't see. And it was going to be greater mm-hmm. than I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to content, you know, switch was so outside the box, you know, it's two girls in high school. One's the bully. One's the girl she bullies. They end up switching after she prays, they switch bodies to find empathy and love and walk a day in each other's shoes. Very outside the box, very mainstream faith elements. So of course, when I was pitching that around, it was difficult for anybody to understand it because there really wasn't anything there. And I just kept staying firm in like, I know that we need to speak to young people. You know, I want them to watch it at slumber parties. My favorite thing is that kids are saying they're watching it at slumber parties over and over and over. And I wanted to give content that parents don't have to worry about the kids are proud of that it's Mm. cool that it's hit that it Mm. looks like everything else but it isn't because we are talking about God and the the characters walking in faith Mm -hmm. and that is so important to me and especially like I felt so called to do switch and I stayed so on track that I was like I will fight for this movie unless God doesn't want it but you know but he did and then it, to see the messages that we have been getting pouring out throughout the world that I'm just like, okay, God, like this is needed. It is needed. And we hit something and we had to kind of do it on our own to show the audience was there. And now, you know, and, and, and if God calls you to do something that is outside the box or different, he will equip you. And then he will, he will 
we sometimes have to pave the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If God is saying, do this, do you, the, no, not, there was nothing like switched right. in the marketplace. Right. It was getting out of that comfort zone exactly. again and stepping out into it. And it's such a great movie. I, I think that one thing that's so important about Switch that I took away from it was that um, this particular age group, and also moms and whoever really watches this, it has to remember that when they walk in somebody else's shoes, that's when they can truly understand what an individual is going through, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're, and so often we never do. We never are able to walk in somebody else's shoes. So we have to be really aware of what it's like or what somebody else might be going through mm -hmm. so that we can show the love of Christ. We can comfort them. And we don't have that as much in this culture mm -hmm. today, right? Somebody mm -hmm. sees something, social media, all of a sudden it's the cancel culture. Yeah. It's, we don't like it. We don't like what you stand for and you're done. Yeah. One word means and you're out. It's like yeah. If we don't sit and talk to each other and find out what's going on right. and people's perspective and hearing right. them and yeah. And you just, yeah, like you have no, I really loved the scene because I was bullied a lot as a kid. And I were always thinking if the kids could walk a day in my life and know what my life was like, where I'm coming from, it would change hopefully their perspective. And I love when they switch bodies and the girl who caused the pain of the other girl has to go in school and take all that pain and find out my apologies. Yeah. Um, find out what it's like to, to, and then her perspective changes and the whole, you know, message is love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think for kids today, the, as yourself is so important. God, it's a commandment from God to love you. He made you fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves you. Mm -hmm. And that's something we deal with a lot in switched as well of like loving others, but loving yourself. And I mean, there's so many great little nuggets in switched, but also the which Sherry and I talk about all the time because we're about to make a teen girl movie together. Mm -hmm. And just like the wardrobe, the hair and makeup. I want it to look, I've had, I, I've had people say that they thought it was a Disney movie, right? which is so cool awesome. because then <laughs> they were giving the kids and the parents an alternative to that stuff. Right. And they don't feel like they're missing out or they don't want to share it with their friends because they're embarrassed because yes. it's not as good. And I'm like, we're going to make quality. It's just like Disney for Christians. Yeah. And, and it's so exciting. It's so, <laughs> so good. So tell me, I know we're kind of wrapping up in this, but tell me, so how is the Lord? Because I think of what you guys do and what you're writing, but mm. I just would love to hear. So how is the Lord using you to speak to women about their faith, their identity, their dreams, and their walk with the Lord? What does that look like for you? With, within our content? Yeah. within your And even your daily life. I mean, I see you with women that you're just hanging out, having lunch with, and you're encouraging them and yeah. walking alongside of mm -hmm. them. But what does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I just had a little birthday party and it all only women showed up. And one guy, I was like, I don't know. I spent a lot of time with women. I love women. And I love lifting up women. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, for every film we've done, we've really tried to tap into the humanness of us and the places where we struggle and um, and show 
things that maybe people don't talk about, like in catching faith. I think there's a lot of pressure on women to be perfect and have the world think you're perfect. Mm. And then we see that, you know, she doesn't have it all together, but she keeps putting on that front. And the second mm -hmm. she surrenders to being like, okay, I don't know what's going on. I need help. I mean, catching faith too is about a woman asking for help because we want to do everything. And so, and Andrew and I are always kind of like having conversations about what we could create that could really go out and speak volumes and also like, and do it in a way that's hopeful and fun. I think mm -hmm. when we looked at faith Base, we felt like they were a little heavier than we wanted to be mm -hmm. because God is joy. Mm -hmm. So I want people to walk away from our films being, feeling hopeful and joyful. Mm -hmm. And, and we, um, and we just try to kind of weave in the faith in a way that's relevant in, in what we're all dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. and always praying of like, and literally every time I think I can't come up with another great idea, God like lays apart another great idea. Right, and, right. Um, and yeah, and I spend a lot of my time with women and I do, I do try to mentor women and always bringing other girls up in faith and inviting people into the process so that they can be a part of this and what yeah. we're doing. And I just, um, yeah, I'm trying to live it all out. What That's we're doing, awesome. living out what we're creating on camera. I think also it's how we live every single day. And that's really, I think, the important thing, too, that people see you living it, walking it, talking it, being it, you know, that they get mm -hmm. to see those examples. A mm -hmm. uh, couple last things. What advice do you have for someone who wants to pursue writing and producing and, you know, just really creating, you know, there's so many creatives out there. It's not just about, you know, acting or writing or producing. I mean, there's women out there that believe they've been called to write books or that they've been called to do podcasts or that mm -hmm. they're working in their little school theater mm -hmm. um, with their kids or at their church. So what kind of advice do you give somebody that really, you know, they do want to pursue these things that are creative and for God? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a big believer of just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can um, see that. <laughs> do it, do it. Literally, like, I just kept doing things. Yeah. You know, I and um, you know, we didn't have the finances for catching faith too. But Andrew and I said, let's just write the script in case it happens. Yeah. So I flew to Wisconsin, and Andrew and I wrote catching faith too. Uh, the distribution company was not going to pay for it. We still had to raise private investment and there was not even a dollar, but we decided to write the script. So when the opportunity came, mm -hmm. we were prepared. And I think that is really important that you're not waiting for something to give you permission to do it. Maybe you got to write that book and then the publisher will come, right. you know, write that script and then the right person will come in um, or make the podcast. And then, you know, I don't know. I just <laughs> say do it because um, we can wait forever. And I spent 10 years yeah. waiting for someone to choose me. And, and I was, I could not work hard enough for mm -hmm. someone else to pick me. Right. And same with my films, you know, I've taken these out and tried to get studio deals. No one picked me. So mm -hmm. I went and found a way to do it on my own. I found like-minded people who wanted to collaborate. I kind of told everybody what I needed, which was people like, what do you need? I'm like, well, I need money to make a movie, but I got all the rest. I yeah. do it once I get some money. And hey, we we made a film that shout out for Pure Flakes. Um, we've made a movie for $1,000 in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico 
So four people called At Your Own Risk, join two women who go on this adventure and it's uh, going to release, I believe, this or next month on the Pure Flix platform exclusively. That's so awesome. even that, we were just, we, we were waiting to try to get more money or a studio deal. Four of us said, why don't we just go out with a camera and a boom and make a movie? That's awesome. And we did it. And, and did now it. it just got accepted by Pure Flix. So I think also having a lot of things going on, pivoting pivoting. We talk about that a lot. Like if something's not working, don't slam your head against the wall, pivot. And I've put a lot of the hat. I've created a lot of things that have sat on the back burner that have come through a couple years later where I was like, Oh, well, I'm glad I had that. Cause then, so just keep creating, keep doing, doing what you love, what you feel like God is and just do it, keep doing it, but don't wait until the timing is right. Or you have a certain thing or, you know, you know, you might have to write the book without any advance. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You, you might have to just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And if you love it, then you should do it anyway because it fills your soul. Yes. Like if it's filling your soul. Someone asked me the other day, what's the, what's the definition of success? And I said, for me, it's when my soul is filled to the brim mm. and I am on fire for a project. I will do it in my backyard with three people if I have to, if I just believe in it so much. And we have made a lot of our movies with yes. a couple people and a small amounts of equipment. You don't need all this stuff. You just do it. Actually, that was going to be one of the questions. So how do you define success? And I think you just told us. I I am always blown away by your spirit and your encouragement. I want people to know how to follow you so that they can Yay. get the same kind of encouragement and they can take this journey with you and they can be excited about not only how you're pouring into women, how you're inspiring them into their walk with the Lord and also the content that you're creating. So they'll be inspired to go out and do whatever it is that God is calling them to do as well. So how can they find you? Um, Well, you can go to the boylansisters.com and see all of our films. They're all available on Amazon or iTunes or anywhere you can get video on demand. Mm -hmm. Um, Our films are on Pure Flix, Mm -hmm. uh, Wish for Christmas and Switched and Catching Faith 1 and 2 will be back available soon. Also, if you guys want encouragement on how to really do it, scrappy style, um, is go and get my book, create your own career in Hollywood. It's available on Amazon, um, on Kindle paperback and audio. And I really, it goes through my entire career and how I came from, you know, being an actress to pivoting into writing and producing. And it will give you a lot of um, grassroots, like, um, just, it'll give you some tools you'll need to be like, Oh, how do I do this? Cause I was kind of in the process of, I used to write for Ms. in the biz and I was writing once a month and actually writing during my journey of going from my first feature film to my sixth feature film. And I compiled all of my articles in this book. So you can take that journey very fast in the book and hopefully it will inspire you and also just give you some really good, um, what do I do? What's the first step I take? You know, and then I talk about the first steps that we took, which was we just started doing it. And then we didn't, we didn't give up. We didn't stop. Yeah. We didn't let a roadblock. We just kept going until a project was completed. I always completed everything I said I would do. Mm-hmm. Even if we had no idea if it would ever get sold or maybe just be seen by our parents. We were like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. 
So, oh, and so on good. Instagram, Alexandra Boylan, and I'm very active, and please write to me, and I'll write you back. Yes, <laughs> that's so, well, I'm really thankful that you're here, and um, I just, it's been amazing, and I appreciate you, I appreciate and I want to you. tell. You're amazing. Oh, Sherry's amazing. We're going to do this again, folks, because we'll have some new stuff to share, but I want to tell you guys that The Women in My World is brought to you by PureFlix. PureFlix has the best streaming library of faith and family-friendly movies and series. With original programming and new titles added every month, PureFlix is a blessing in my household, and I hope that it is in yours, too. And that you get to check out all the things that Alexandra Boylan is doing, and uh, don't miss her incredible projects that we talked about on this platform, this streaming podcast today. We love you guys. I want you to stay connected, keep serving the women in your world, and creating a different world for the next generation.